This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello, and welcome to Scare You to Sleep. I'm your host, Shelby Scott. A quick bit of self-serving news for those of you Android users like me, I'm sure you've always wanted to review your favorite podcasts, but you don't use or have access to iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Well, now you can use Podchaser. I am not sponsored by them or anything. They have no idea I'm even doing this. It just made me so happy to find a site that gives everyone the opportunity to rate and review your favorite or most hated, I guess, podcasts. In fact, for my fellow podcasters, you can even reply to reviews as well. You can also follow your favorite hosts, so if they ever have guest spots on different podcasts, you can find those, which is, I thought that was really neat. Again, not sponsored. I just created my profile last week and went on a review spree. I was so happy. Again, it's called Podchaser, all one word. Well, this week's first episode had perfect timing, considering the state of the world right now. If you're having any sort of pandemic anxieties, which is totally understandable, everything is terrifying right now, then I would skip the first story. I'm also going to throw out a trigger warning for attempted suicide. By the way, real quick, my heart goes out to all of you in quarantine right now. A lot of you know my other job is in the TV and movie industry, and it cannot be performed remotely, and the whole industry is understandably shutting down so hey if anyone needs a voiceover artist please hit me up also to all my immunocompromised listeners know that i see and hear you i know that you're all having an extra tough time right now with people being lackadaisical with where they aim their coughs and how often they wash their hands just remember everyone the spreading of the virus isn't just about you it's about our fellow humans who don't have the luxury of a good set of lungs and immune system That being said, I understand the frustration everyone is feeling over the shutdowns happening. Like I said before, I'm definitely being affected by it. I don't make a sustainable amount in podcast money, so I feel for all of you who are being completely devastated by all the festivals and cons being canceled. I have a lot of friends who were, they actually, they have no idea what they're going to do now that South by Southwest was canceled. It's, it makes up like, I think a one third of their local economy income for the year or something uh don't quote me on that but anyway i I do have a lot of friends in austin who are just not feeling great right now um i know my words are just words but just a little solidarity and empathy from your old pal shelby wow what a tangent um back on track the first story of the evening is dead things end of her rope by a frequent and beloved author to the show, Malcolm Johnson. Eyes fluttered open, and the owner of them tried to focus in the darkness, but they didn't cooperate. She felt something around her throat and reached up with a shaky hand to investigate. 
The rope bit into the pink flesh of her skin and burned with the slightest of movements. It took her a minute to regain what little control she had. First, she felt the cold wood on her cheek and realized that it was flooring and not wall since she was laying on it. Her neck and ribs ached fiercely. Her back felt twisted, but she could move her legs. Something bumped in the hallway, and she tried to call out for assistance, but her throat was constricted, and pain shot through her when she tried to speak. Everything smelled stale and medicinal. The dimly lit space was some sort of medical facility by the looks of it. A few gurneys were scattered around as well as a large amount of blood and blood splatters on the walls. It looked like this was some sort of hospital or clinic. It was dark. Nighttime. What the hell had happened? She blinked and tried to sit up. Her head spun and the rope caught under her arm and pulled at her burnt skin when she pushed up. She winced and yanked it from under her arm and shoved, bringing herself to a seated position. She then assessed the situation. Rope. Broken pipe above her on the ceiling. Handgun on the floor before her. Her left shoulder hurt almost as bad as her throat. She touched the burnt skin around her neck and glanced up to the broken set of pipes. Had she tried to kill herself? It seemed impossible, yet there she was. But the gun didn't make any sense. Maybe someone had tried to kill her, hang her, and she shot them? Her head was muddy and the left side of it throbbed as she tried to think it through. What? She clamped her eyes shut as the sting from her throat ran down her spine. No talking for now. She tasted blood and licked her lip. It was split and slightly swollen. She blinked hard and slowly removed the rope from her neck. Pain made her wince as she tossed the rope aside. Her whole body ached. The noise in the hall came again, and the situation made her heart beat faster. If this person in the hall had tried to kill her and she had indeed shot them, she'd have to seek help and fast. She narrowed her eyes when she heard footsteps. Obviously, someone was still very much alive. She rose to her feet and lost her balance immediately. She was shaken and felt dizzy. She thought that maybe she had hit her head on the way down. She reached forward and grabbed the gun, and the dizziness made her swoon and she went down on one knee. Her left arm and shoulder were useless. Every movement of them made her shudder with pain. She clamped her teeth down hard and pushed herself up. She had to get out of here wherever here was. She looked around and saw that the room she was in had another way out, at least another door. She stole a glance towards the footsteps in the hall and saw the growing shadow of what looked to be a woman moving up the wall in the half-light. She looked back towards the opposite door and made her way towards it slowly and quietly. Her head was clearing, but she was still very dizzy and almost fell through the door in the back of the room when she reached it. She slipped around the corner and checked the gun. 
She didn't remember much of anything, but her fingers flew over the weapon as muscle memory took over. She spun the chamber quietly and saw that all the bullets were spent. Shit, she mouthed to herself as she slid to the floor. Not good. Not good at all. She looked around and saw that the room was nothing more than a large closet. The footsteps stopped. Then she heard them start to move into the room where she woke up. A scan of the closet room showed that there were no other exits. A few random things to hide behind, but no means of escape. The small windows at the top of the room didn't look like they were operable, let alone big enough for an adult to crawl through. She listened and tried to keep quiet. The room seemed to grow smaller with each shambling step she heard growing closer. She wouldn't be able to fight this person in her current state. The person sounded injured. Hell, if she did in fact empty a gun at them, she must have hit the person somewhere, no matter how horrid a shot she may have been. That's when she caught the reflection of the figure in a large steel vacuum propped against the wall on the other side of her. The reflection made her heart beat even faster. She fought back the urge to scream and she stared on with wide eyes and tried to convince herself that what she was seeing was just due to the head injury. The person shambling towards her had no right arm. It looked like it was shredded at the end of the nub and bone shone through at the shoulder. Bits of gore hung from it and swung back and forth with each step. The figure made a sick, gurgling and smacking sound as if it were chewing air wetly. It was a woman, a breast exposed and covered with blood with ribs exposed beneath it. But the worst part was the thing's face. Half of it was gone, pulp with white skull showing through. The one eye the thing had looked like a shark's eye black and dead. Memories rushed in with tidal force. She looked down at herself and the uniform she wore. Police. She was an officer. Officer Janet Temple. She was in the clinic and tried to run away from them. Oh God, she remembered it all now. There were more of these things outside and she, she had run into the small clinic to avoid them. She had shot the thing in the face when it came after her, shot it over and over, but it still came. That's when she had run for it and tried to end herself. She stood and gripped the handle of the gun tightly, raising it high and ready to hit the thing. She drew in a quiet breath and went still. Janet closed her eyes, wished she was somewhere else then opened them and waited. She knew she wouldn't be able to fight for long in her current state. She could barely keep her eyes open and she felt the room spinning under her feet. She braced herself against the wall. The thing stumbled forward and into the small room. Blonde hair was matted to its head with dried blood. Long scrapes marred her side and exposed ribs and muscle. Janet had seen the look before. This woman, what was left of her, was dragged by a car after being hit. She shouldn't be up and walking. Janet shook off the growing fear and concentrated. Her head and throat throbbed with every heartbeat. 
She stared at the thing's rotten, gore-covered face. Skull shone through and the left eye was a ruined mess. Janet didn't move. She felt dizzy, but she willed herself to remain totally still. Beads of sweat appeared on her forehead and upper lip and dripped down the back of her uniform. The creature stumbled towards the closet. It continued to make the sucking and slurping sounds as its tongue slithered in its mouth and out of the hole in the side of its head. Drool or blood dripped from it like candle wax. It shuffled into the closet and stopped just past the doorway and right next to Janet. It cocked its head to the side. Its hair parted slightly as scalp pulled away from bone. The missing eye socket was an angry shade of red mixed with deep bruise blue and black. It waited, moving its head from side to side slightly. Janet held her breath. Fire raging in her arm still held high with the useless weapon in a death grip. She was inches away from the thing now, and the stench made her want to retch. She stared into its ruined face and prayed that it wouldn't turn to face her. The missing eye saw nothing on the left where Janet stood. She didn't breathe as she stared at the thing mere inches from the grotesque face. She didn't make a sound. The thing raised its working arm, then lowered it slowly with a small whimper. It turned to its right and shuffled out of the room. Janet heard it stumble and fall, drag its body back up, then move out of the room slowly. Janet's arm slowly slid to her side. She stared forward and took shallow, painful breaths. Her eyes closed, then opened slowly. She bit her lower lip and tried to wrap her brain around what was happening, but nothing made sense. She listened, but didn't hear a thing. Her stomach was churning, and she felt as if she might be sick. Okay, she whispered. She palmed the gun, peeked around the corner, and peered into the dark. Nothing. She moved back into the room and looked up at the broken pipes as she ran a hand over her neck. She couldn't believe it could be so bad that she'd try to hang herself. Her belt lay on the floor in the corner and she grabbed it and slipped it back around her waist, slipping the gun back into the holster. No bullets, but she'd sort that out later. The baton she carried was still tucked neatly in her belt's compartment. She withdrew it and held it tight as she made her way towards the room's doorway. The hallway was empty, but that thing could be anywhere looking for her still. She moved quietly and tried to stay to the shadows in the darkness. She glanced out the window and saw other shapes moving there, other figures stumbling and shuffling in the dark. Part of her thought, it might be best to wait in the building until the sun rose. But something inside her wanted out, wanted to have the option to run if she wanted it. Being stuck in an unfamiliar building seemed like a very bad idea. The first door she found was heavy and bolted shut. The second revealed her follower from before. It crouched over something small and ate away at it feverishly. Janet didn't want to think what the small, meaty thing was and moved on down the hall. The door to the outside stood ajar and light poured in from outside, illuminating the hall and the lawn outside. 
A police cruiser was smashed up against the clinic's fence and smoke rose from the engine as it idled and sputtered. More dead than alive. Radio chatter poured from the open door of the car and people's voices sounded panicked and full of fear. Figures moved around the car, glancing into it and moving on. Shuffling corpses wandering every which way. Janet counted six around the car and more in the street and surrounding area. But they were slow moving and spread out at a good distance. She felt around in her pocket for the keys to the shotgun, but realized they were on the key ring in the car's ignition. Her teeth ground together as she peered around the door jamb. Panic gave way to anger. She didn't like this at all. It didn't make any sense. The things outside were dead. They were in various states of decay. This wasn't happening. Her arm was pulsing, and she glanced back into the clinic, wondering if she should try to find some sort of sling or meds to help her fight through the injury. Her eyes narrowed as the follower from before stumbled from the room and had beasted in and spotted her. It made a small, guttural sound and started moving at her down the hallway. Janet looked outside and saw another one of them moving towards her, slowly from the small garden to the right of the car. She drew in a deep breath, nodded to herself, then moved into the light of the headlights, out onto the porch, and made her way to the cruiser. She couldn't let the fear overcome her. She had to work through it if she was going to make it. She pulled the baton from her hip and drew in a deep breath as she raised it up and brought it crashing down on the head of the first dead thing that came for her. It crashed down on its head and looked like the thing felt the blow. She brought it down two more times as it reached for her shirt. Its hand slid down her front as it fell to the ground and lay motionless. Janet felt hope for the first time of the evening. At least they could be killed, but she didn't want them to have to be so close to do it. She needed that shotgun. She set her sights on the cruiser and ran for it. Her head spun and her vision blurred as she fell forward and hit the ground hard. Her eyes lost focus and her vision dimmed. Everything swirled before her as she tried to push herself up and into the cruiser. Something came at her from the right as she rolled onto her side to see a little boy stomping towards her, mouth wide open and face covered with blood. He grunted and swung his hands around in front of him as his lifeless eyes narrowed. Janet shrieked and swung the baton as he fell onto her. He leaned forward and tried to bite, but Janet shoved as hard as her injured arm would allow and held him back. Tears streamed down her cheeks as she gripped his hair in her hand and pulled him towards the ground hard, bringing his head down on the sidewalk. He went still with a squish. Others stomped towards her. She screamed and shoved herself up and into the cruiser, then lashed out with her left arm to slam the door closed as another dead thing reached for her. Its fingers slammed in the door, but it didn't seem to notice or care. Janet thought about freeing it, but didn't want to risk opening the door. She hit the auto locks and pressed herself back into her seat. She screamed as loud as she could and pounded her fists against the steering wheel. Her heart skipped in her chest as she swung her head around to make sure that there was nothing in the back seat. It was empty. Her head continued to swirl and spin as the dead man outside pounded weakly at the window with his free hand. His skin was pale and his eyes milky. Blood covered the front of his button-down shirt. Bile rose in Janet's stomach as she clamped her eyes shut. She had a concussion, for sure. 
She gave herself a minute as more of the things started to surround the vehicle. First things first, she needed to arm herself. She had left the baton outside. She forgot about it. She made note of the engine's low fuel, then twisted the keys free. The engine stopped its rattlings and died. She panted as she fumbled with the shotgun lock and smiled a wide smile as it popped open and the shotgun was free. Yes, 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 she muttered as she slid the extra shells free from the compartment between the seats. She loaded the gun, then slid the rest of the shells into her pockets. She remembered that here were more bullets for her handiwork in the trunk, but she'd have to clear the things away from the car before getting them. She thought through where she was and tried to ignore the thumping of bloody hands against the cruiser's windows. The radio chattered with panicked voices. Janet closed her eyes. There wasn't going to be any help getting to her. She needed to deal with this on her own. She slipped the keys free of the lock and back into the car's ignition. The cruiser started to rock as more and more of the dead tried to fight their way past the car's windows. Janet thanked God that they didn't seem bright enough to use tools. She turned the key and the engine shuddered and cranked, but it didn't turn over. Come on, baby. Come on. Mommy loves you. She tried again and sweat dripped into her eyes. Come on. The engine turned over, clattered, and rattled, then died. Janet breathed in deep and winced. Broken rib. She closed one eye and the spinning of her head subsided a bit. She needed help and knew it wasn't coming. One headlamp flickered and lit up the front yard and porch while the other shone into the sky like some sort of beacon. A woman in hospital scrubs stumbled out of the med center into the light, then fell onto the hood of the car. She pounded at the hood and clawed her way over it to the window. Janet stared into her gray, dead face and milky eyes as the thing clawed at the window. A small smile played on Janet's lips as she thought about asking the woman for help with her injuries. Janet closed her eyes. She just needed time to think, time to sort this out. Janet kept her eyes shut tight as more and more dead things found the cruiser and its contents. They rocked it back and forth and punched and clawed the windows trying to get in. Janet rocked with the cruiser. Her hand slid up to her neck and across the barn. She just needed some rest. Just some sleep to regroup. The car rocked and Janet let herself slip into sleep. The sun rose over the hills and light flooded in and around the town of Coopersmith in a filtered gray haze. Fires burned wild and out of control, and smoke filled the air. Ashes drifted from the dull gray sky like spirits. Dead things walked through the streets. The rumbling of a truck sent a pack of dogs running. The large armored truck slipped through the street and around obstacles, dead cars and dead people. Figures moved inside the truck and peered out through the bulletproof glass. Police cruiser, over to the right. The man named Jack tapped the glass of the passenger side window. The driver glanced over as the passenger pointed. You want to check it out? Could have guns. In that clinic, we could get a few medical kits or something. He shrugged. No, don't go inside anywhere. Her voice cracked. 
He nodded, and the truck stopped behind the cruiser. The small door between the front cab and the back opened, and a man shoved his head through. Why'd we stop? We're going to check something out. Keep this door shut. The driver pulled the small door closed and reached for her gun. The passenger picked up a metal bat from the floor and glanced around and into the truck's rearview mirrors before opening the truck's heavy metal door. He kicked hard and sent a dead man reeling backwards. Then he jumped down to the street. He slammed the door shut. Beads of sweat dripped down his dark skin as he swung the bat and caught another dead creature in the side of the head. His arms flexed and his eyes scanned the area around him coldly. He swung the bat into anything that came close. The truck's driver slid over into the passenger seat and slipped the rifle out of the gun slot. She watched for any dead that might have escaped his eye, though it was very unlikely that he missed any. She felt sweat drip down her armpits. It was going to be a hot day in hell today. The bat crashed down again and Jack's eyes narrowed. The driver's side door of the police cruiser was open. He peered in and saw that the shotgun was gone. Shit. He popped the trunk and looked around. He saw someone moving towards him from inside the clinic. Hello? A woman stepped out of the shadows. She wore a police uniform and clutched a shotgun. It hung at her side. Hey, officer, sorry, I thought this thing was abandoned. He pointed to his armored transport uniform and motioned back towards the truck. We have this armored truck and we were going to try to make it out of town and into the mountains. You can... He stopped when he saw her milky gray eyes and slack jaw. And an angry red line wrapped itself around her neck. She ran at him with an awkward shuffle step. Her arm and leg had been chewed at and exposed bone and muscle shifted with each faltering step. The shotgun stuck around her finger. He brought the bat back and gripped it tight. There was a loud crack behind him and the officer flipped backwards and into the dirt with a spray of viscera exploding from the back of her head. He glanced back towards the truck, then ran up to retrieve the shotgun. He winced down at the police officer, then knelt down and patted her down, quickly removing shotgun shells from her pockets and slipping them into his own. He thought about it for a moment, then dropped the bat and unfastened the belt from around her waist. He shoved her over on her side and pulled the belt free, absently tossing it over his shoulder as he snatched the bat and shotgun from the ground. He delicately shifted her back over on her back and read the tag on her chest. Janet Temple, he whispered. Thank you. Officer Temple. There's more! Let's go, Jack! The driver took aim at a fresh, fast zombie and shot it as it started off towards Jack. The bullet caught it in the throat and sent it spinning to the ground, but it was up quickly. Others started towards Jack from the street and around the side of the clinic. There might be more guns in the trunk, Jack said as he moved around to the trunk and lifted it. He saw a large black case in the back and a duffel. With the dead streaming towards the truck, he wouldn't be able to carry both. He slipped the duffel over his shoulder and awkwardly ran for the truck. The door opened, and he tossed the duffel inside with the shotgun and belt. Let's go! The woman behind the wheel bobbed her head up and down wildly and gripped the wheel with one hand and a handgun in the other. A few loud cracks could be heard from the back of the truck as the people in the back thinned the ranks of the dead. Jack lashed out with the bat and dropped three more dead things, clearing the area before climbing up and into the cab and slamming the door shut. 
the truck rumbled away down the street as more and more dead streamed towards the noise. It was slow going as it swerved its way out of town. Smoke drifted through the streets like ghosts as figures ran and stumbled through it. It truly looked like hell. Officer Janet Temple's cold, gray eyes stared up into the sky as the moaning, gurgling, and distant screams filled the air around her. Our final story of the night is by Harry Latour and is all around one of my worst nightmares. This is I Was Better Off Asleep. Where am I? Am I dead? I can't speak nor scream. My mouth agape and nothing comes out. I don't remember how I got here. I try to remember my name. My mind comes up blank. I don't feel, smell, taste, see, or hear anything. It is as if I am in a sensory deprivation tank. This feeling of emptiness is terrifying. Ah, I thought as my eyelids get heavy drifting off to unconsciousness while fighting to stay awake. Finally, sleep occurs. I don't know how much time has passed. There's nothing to denote the passage of time. Everything is the same as before, except this time I can feel My body and parts of my face are enveloped with something familiar. It is warm and comforting like a baby wrapped with a swaddle. It is enticing me to let go, not to struggle, just relax and drift. Feels like water there's a different feeling to it. It almost feels slightly viscous. Something is covering my face. I think it's a mask of some sort. Within this mask, a slightly warmer, less gelatinous liquid fills my nose, my throat, and lungs. To my great surprise, there's no sense of panic drowning. I attempt to shift parts of my body but encounter great resistance. My arms and legs feel as if I am trying to move large tree branches. I don't have the strength. I could move my fingers and toes a little. I am aware of clothing covering my chest and hip areas. It is neither constrictive nor loose. Something covers my pelvis and the buttock 
tubes protruding from the pelvis and buttock drifts into nothingness. Not again. Thinking in frustration as the pool of sleep overcomes me. It is no use. I can't fight it. As if I have no control, my eyes slowly close. Once more, I am in darkness. I continue to feel myself hover in the liquid. For the first time, my sense of taste is alive. Like someone flips a switch to my taste buds. I swirl my tongue to taste the foreign liquid. Funny, the closest comparison is... It tastes like vanilla custard pudding. I try to smell, if that's possible, but there is nothing to smell. I guess my nose filled with this liquid prevents my nose from doing its job. With nothing else to do, I float until something else happens or sleep comes. Sleep finally arrives and relieves me from mind-numbing boredom. Finally, I open my eyes and it is pitch black, darker than being inside a casket, eyes whipping through the vastness but there was nothing to see. My limbs are too weak to swim. With nothing more to be done, I wait and wait. Unexpectedly, I see ahead of me light. It's not bright, but intense enough. It reminds me of looking upward from the bottom of a frozen lake. As my attention remains fixed to the light, I feel movement in the liquid. Something gently clamps my head and ears. Breathing becomes shallow as I hyperventilate. Calm down, I say to myself. Breathe deeply. In and out. I continue. As my breathing returns to normal, whatever is covering my head flushes out the liquid from my inner and outer parts of my ears. Precipitously, the sounds fill the vacuum. The unexpected noises are akin to a scream in a quiet library. I grimace at first. The clatters sound muffled, but eventually becomes clear. The noises are voices. One male and the other female. The female has a slight English accent, and the male has an accent I do not recognize. I see no other options, said the male in a remorseful tone. There has to be another way. I can't believe these are the only options. Replied the female in exasperation. If you do not make a decision soon, we will perish. The male replies. How about... Said the female, but the male interpolates. According to the last damage report, the dust storm the ship encountered damaged some of the systems, 
communications and power. Without missing a beat, he continues. More importantly, the cryopods. The male said with urgency. I know, I know, said the female, annoyed. How fast can we make the repairs? She asks with a hint of desperation. Even if we work the next 48 hours continuously, we will not be able to save the remaining cryopods. The male said flatly. How many did you lose so far? The female asks as if she did not want to know. We lost two, and the remaining three are in danger, the male notes. What would happen if I decide to wake them up now from from hypersleep? Asked the female. The long pause fills the air, trailed by several taps and beeps. The male breaks the silence. If we don't follow the strict revival protocols with the damaged pods, there is a 90% chance of fatality to the sleepers, he said dejectedly. Also, with more than half of the food stores lost due to the temporary loss of power, we do not have enough nourishment to offer to everyone for the rest of the trip to Earth, he adds in an icy tone. If somehow we revive everyone, we will have to resort to feeding on the dead for sustenance when the remaining supply depletes. You did not have to remind me of that fact, said the female, irritated. They are our fellow shipmates, fellow explorers, she affirms as if she is pointing at the male. But, said the male, this time she intersects. We explored an entire planet together. We lived with them for an entire year, for Christ's sake. We all became friends, she says, almost shouting. Then, two shadowy figures appear in the shimmering light above me. Now, I have to decide their fate. Either eject or eat our dead. In a somber tone, a shiver runs down my spine as I contemplate my present circumstances. I am helpless. One of the figures disappears, and the sound of clicks and heavy doors sliding open. I am going to the bridge to think and make my decision, the female said. As the footsteps disappear beyond the doors and it closes, the male said, Yes. Captain. As his voice resonates throughout the chamber and pronounces each word slowly, the figure looms over and taps. I know you are awake and you can hear me, he said, smiling. I made sure you heard the conversation and your possible fates. I could not see his face. But I can imagine a toothy grin. Being the ship's engineer, and luck has it that my pod did not malfunction along with the captain. I am able to choose the crew's destinies, he said coldly. I already rigged the system, so the captain has no choice 
but to deactivate the pods to preserve power, effectively allowing the remaining crew to die. He ponders. I hope the captain decides to keep you for food. The shadow gets closer and speaks as if I was face to face with him. It would be such a waste of a valuable source of protein not to use. Besides, your sacrifices will be a welcome break from the dreary food packets. A long pause, then a chuckle. (laughs) I wonder if humans taste like chicken. My answer to my tormentor's question is, as I lay in my coffin, I was better off asleep. I wonder if you can hear the rain outside my window. It's so nice. Thanks for listening. Hoping you all have a good rest of your week. If you want bonus episodes, please consider subscribing to my Patreon. For all my new listeners, I've been doing a read-through of the entirety of the novel Frankenstein, so if you've ever wanted to read that but just couldn't get into it on your own, let me read it to you. Thank you to my newest patrons, David Horton, Scream, and Stephen Swiftbird. Thank you all so much, sending you hugs and love and light and peace of mind from the anxieties of the week. You can follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Reddit, and Instagram. Also, if you send me a friend request on Facebook, please don't feel spurned if I don't accept. When the show first started, I was accepting listeners, but more than a few got weird and some even hostile, so I just don't add everyone anymore, especially because I realized I have my family on there and my family didn't ask to come along on this podcast ride, so I want to help give them a teeny bit of privacy. So... All in all, I'm just very hesitant to add people I don't know, but we can all hang out in the group. I'm in the group a lot, I'm pretty active, and a lot of you are too, and it's great to see. So, to submit to the show, you can email me at scareyoutosleep at gmail.com, or go to scareyoutosleep.com and use the contact form. They both go to the same place, so whatever is easier for you. I think that's all for now. Now, go get some sleep. Sweet dreams. quick note at the end of the show. So I was sitting here just recording some of the rain to play out for you guys to gentle, gently go off into sleep. And my door just opened on its own again for the second time. Um, I think you guys might remember that I had something creepy happen to me a few months ago. I don't know. I, I talked about it in an episode. It was really weird and someone knocked on my door and then it opened and there was no one there. Um, anyway, so yeah, my office door just opened and It's raining and dreary, and it was really creepy, and I just wanted to let you know. Okay, back to the rain. (laughs) 